0: Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. What I was really interested about Tonkin and how we solve is, you know, we have a lot of Business owners come on, or just even business executives come on and and share one problem that their business has been able to tackle really, really well. And so, for you, what I'm really curious about is how how small of clients does Tonkian go? Like, what's the smallest size of clients? So I have an idea first.
1: So I, I think what's important to how to how to answer this question is we are part of a broader movement around no code, low code as well as focus on business operations. There are plenty of companies uh, like Xavier and others that are actually focused on the lower end of the market, where it is going after startups, founders who are semi-technical, who like to hack things together and wanna be able to find efficiencies in how they scale a business. There are a lot of tools in that side. Tonkin is not focused on the low end of the market, at least today. We are squarely focused on mid to large size enterprises because that is where you have the largest operations teams. That is where you have a lot of process inefficiencies. And there is this common notion already today that like every large enterprise is inefficient. Granted, the question that we ask is, why does that have to be? You know, why is it that every large enterprise is naturally inefficient? And so that is where we're focused today. Um, I think as the product grows, as the company grows, we will likely move lower and lower into the bottom end of the market.
0: We have like guests on who have built like billion dollar companies uh, and they sold to Oracle, sold, you know. So for you guys, what is the size of an organization where they should start looking at your solutions?
1: Yeah, so typically what we would see is something in the range of two to 500 employees is where we start seeing value, especially companies that are rapidly scaling.
0: And is that two to 500 employees just in operations or in the whole organization? In the
1: whole organization, yeah.
0: And any type of minimum revenue?
1: I think that's less important because at that stage, a lot of times the volume of operations isn't necessarily tied to revenue. You know, there are a lot of companies that have plenty of things happening and they're linking at monetization later. So it's more about just the volume of activity, the volume of processes that you have at that stage. And so that's why kind of once you get into that mid-hundred type of range, um, you start to have enough problems that warrant something like Tonkin to help you solve. Okay.
0: So how we're gonna structure this interview, is there like one big consistent problem that you see across organizations that you guys help solve? Uh, and so that's my first question, and I hope there is, because that's why we're having this call. And once we identify that problem, what are the steps on how companies should tackle that issue?
1: I'll answer your first question, actually with every company has unique problems. And that's actually the common problem that we're solving. The challenge today with how operations is being handled in companies is everyone tends to go towards using package solutions. I'm gonna go buy off-the-shelf software. I'm gonna go buy something with a package set of functionality to help run my business. The challenge becomes then, every company is again unique. The challenges that you face are unique to you. The combination of people, process, and technology that you have in your environment is very unique to you. It's almost like a fingerprint, right? And to try to take package solutions and shove it into your set of circumstances, you you have gaps that need to be filled. And today, the way that they're being filled is through custom work, either through developers building custom solutions, or for the most part, through manual work. People trying to tie together things that don't necessarily fit together naturally, right? That is the problem that we solve. And that's the commonality across all companies that we talk to, right? And so it isn't necessarily, you know, one use case per se or one process that we can solve for. That's not the way we think about it. And now there are common use cases that we see over and over and over again, and there's a lot of them. However, the one common problem is that all problems are unique. And so we want to build a platform and allow business operations teams to solve these unique challenges that they have on their own at a much more efficient, much more cost-affordable way than what they have available to them today.
0: Who's typically the executives that is in charge of taking on this project uh, with Tonkin to, I guess, to start this process?
1: Yeah, so the teams that typically own Tonkin are operations teams. And so one of the things that we see in the in all segments actually of the businesses, small, medium, large, is a focus on having operations embedded in every single function. Sales operations, marketing operations, IT operations, legal operations, product operations. You have now operations, teams literally embedded in every single function. And they, even though are experts in their domain and they solve different types of processes, they all at the end of the day are doing the same things. How do I optimize my unique mix of people, process, and systems, right? And so that's who owns Tonkin. That's who uses Tonkin to solve the challenges and the business stakeholder, right? If I'm in sales ops, the head of sales typically will be the one to kind of sign off on something like Tonkin um, because they see business value to it. And then further, we have kind of two areas where we currently are focused. One is in the revenue side sales ops, marketing ops, customer success, customer support. And for a lot of mid-sized companies and even larger size companies, they're starting to think about the connection points between those different departments because all of their processes are interconnected, right? When you think about it from a customer perspective, my experience with a company touches sales marketing, and customer customer support. If their internal processes aren't connected, that affects my customer experience. And so a lot of companies are starting to put this RevOps mindset across all of them. And naturally, there are going to be gaps between the way their technology, process, and systems work today. Because previously, they were thinking in silos. And while their are connection points, they still operate mostly independently of each other. So that's one area where there's a lot of gaps to be filled and a lot of need for something like our product. And then on the other side, we see a lot of um, traction actually in legal operations. Now, for them, it's a different set of challenges because um, technology hasn't matured in legal as as quickly as some of the other functions. <laughs> People in legal operate, you know, in a way, in a mode of like purely email and physical documents, even, and trying to get them even into the century is hard. However, over the course of the last 10 years or so, um, there has been a big push towards operational efficiency, digitization, adopting technology in the legal space. And they're facing a lot of the challenges of like, people don't want to adopt new technology. And so, how do you make that transition more natural, more seamless is another set of challenges and another area for Tonkin to come and help solve for a lot of enterprises.
0: I understand that like businesses sounds like have these, um, might have these problems very early on right, because they're getting this preset, templatized solution for their operations and what they really need is something custom. At what point does that pain point become painful enough that you've seen where they start looking for a solution like yours? Is it a size thing?
1: I think there's two things. One is where the coordination costs of having enough employees becomes painful, right? When you are a company of one, there is not really much operations you need to do. Right, you are sales and marketing and customer success. That coordination cost is zero because it's all you. As you scale to have you know a team of five, ten people, it gets a little bit more costly, but it's not too bad. You jump into a meeting, um, and you chat about it, and everybody kind of operates. And you sit close enough that you can shout over you know the the desks and make that coordination happen. Once you get to teams of people, even at our current size of, you know, we have about 35, 40 employees today, we're starting to feel some of that pain of coordination, especially when we're all operating remote, right? And so having Tonkin, we're actually using Tonkin a lot internally, um, even though we're not focused on this segment of the market today, we are, you know, in that segment and we're using it internally, we get a lot of value towards helping to handle some of those coordination costs that are associated. On the other hand, on the other side, it's also demand, right? When you have lead volumes jumping through the roof, or all of a sudden you have a bunch of support requests coming in, and you don't have enough people to actually handle the volume of requests coming in, that becomes a challenge as well. You can also use that, by the way, when you're a lot smaller. So our uh, CEO for a while was running the company by himself, you know, on the business side. And to handle the volume of incoming requests and leads, uh, you don't have a team of people calling these folks back. And so having a platform that can automate a lot of the initial responses and help route people accordingly only surface the relevant leads to him was also super helpful. So I don't know if that answered your question kind of directly, but there is applicability from day one. It's just that what we find is as the company gets larger, this problem only grows. And so we are focused at the upper end of the market because that's where the problem is the biggest. It doesn't mean that, you know, there isn't this same problem when you're a
0: lot smaller. So now we've identified the typical stakeholder, business stakeholder. What are some, I know it's, the process is unique for every business, but how do you recommend they approach, you know, working with you to start solving their problem?
1: So what we typically advise our clients on is let's first focus on the process, right? What is, and and map out what's the ideal process look like. So when you think about, for example, a customer support process, right? There are multiple pieces of this. One is how does the support come in? Is it through a chat? Is it through a form? Has through an email? How does it get handled initially? Does it go into a queue? Who handles this queue? Who reads it? Um, How do tracking, how does tracking happen? Does this flow into a ticketing system, right? What escalations happen? Does it need to touch and be escalated sometimes to a tier two team or maybe to product or into engineering based on what the issue is? How does that team know that there's an issue awaiting their attention? What the urgency is? How does that get fed back into the person interfacing with the client, right? So, Let's map out all of the connection points into this process, which a lot of companies have done, right? I I think that part of it is for a lot of companies they've done that. And then the next step is, okay, how do we make this process the ideal process, not only for you as a business, right, to make sure you have the visibility, that you can understand what is that response time per request? Is the customer getting the right experience? Am I staffing correctly, right? Not just that visibility part of it. But then also, is it the best for your people? Are you asking your people to do a lot of unnatural things, right? For example, is every single new support request require that tier one support agent to manually log a ticket in some kind of ticketing system, right? are they having to ping people via Slack or Microsoft Teams or some collaboration platform or even email to chase people when they need help that they can't, on on an issue that they can't handle themselves. How much time are they spending on that? Is that even natural? Right. And so we ask those questions and in those questions, that's when people start to think a little bit differently, because when most companies and most executives think about business processes today, they discount the human element of it. They worry about is this the right business process for the business, but they don't ask the question of is this the right process for my employees, for my people? Is it accentuating their skills? or am I just using them almost as a cog in a wheel to try to fill in the gaps of my process today? So then we ask that, and then we design the solution and we have them build using Tonkin's platform the right solution to make the best version and to orchestrate the best version of that process across their existing tool set, across their existing people. So that again, it's maximizing the uh, impact of what they already have in place and providing the best outcomes for the business and for their employees.
0: I want to touch on, uh, because we didn't touch on it in the beginning, kind of just jump straight into this interview, <laughs> but give our listeners a little background on what Tonkin is and you know what services uh, you guys provide.
1: So we are creating a new category of software called Adaptive Business Operations. We are building a platform for operations teams across all functions to optimize their unique mix of people processing systems. The way we do that is through what we call an adaptive module, which is an entity. You can think about it as a bot if you, if you like. You can think about it as a monitor if you like, a virtual assistant if you like. We call it an adaptive module that sits at the process layer to orchestrate the process. Now, what it does is it basically maintains the context of things that are happening in systems, in people around that process. The operations teams codify the business logic into the adaptive module so that it runs this the way that the business wants it to be run. And then what it does is it connects to the different systems that people are using. That could be an email. It could be a Slack, Microsoft Teams. could be other systems. To take in that information and input from people, it can do automation of tasks, of taking data and moving it into different systems of reading a document or generating a document. And then it has integrations into the various enterprise systems that are there to move that data into the right places. And so there are elements of automation, but what we would like to say is that it's more about orchestration because not everything is and should be fully automated. There are things that require people, right? And so it is this idea of orchestration that is important um, to facilitate that entire process within that um, particular function.
0: It's like an enterprise level IFTTT. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, there is there are similarities for sure to the IFTTT, right?
0: Because when I th- like when you compare, well, when you brought up Zapier earlier, you know, Zapier to me is just like an intermediate connection tool where like if I have this platform that needs to connect to this platform, I need Zapier to have this talk to this, that was that, right? Whereas what you guys are doing when you bring up like a bot or virtual assistant that's sitting, you know, on your computer and helping out assisting with processes. And it's looking at what you're doing, right? What the um, customer service or customer success agent is doing on their computer. And actually it's like having a helping hand. That's amazing. And the way you described it, I think it was perfect. Cause I, I was like, as a layman, do I understand what the hell he's saying? (laughs) Like, like I get it, but you know, it's like for, you know, sometimes like Business owners and decision makers are just like, I don't know that business, but they they need the software.
1: Absolutely. I I think that is, um, actually you put it well, which is it is this idea of, and by the way, that's where we get our logo. It's a monkey, right? The idea is you have an army of monkeys helping your team operate and your company operate more efficiently. The other um, element of this as well is creating this kind of standard of how businesses operate as well, right? Common language. When you take that idea of like what an operating system is and you move it into computers, like you have Mac, you have Windows, it creates a standard for how all software needs to work and interact with people, right? Businesses don't really have that. Applications all work differently. They all have their own interfaces. They all have their own workflows. They all have their own data. It doesn't sit together. And then people have to learn and try to fit themselves into this puzzle of the technology stack right. that are in there. And then you have processes that are all different, that are shifting, that are changing. And none of these things have a standard of how it connects to each other, right? So that's where a lot of these operational challenges actually come in is because this connection point between people, processes, and systems is so just all over the place. Mm-hmm. and. For a lot of companies that are using Tonkin is we're helping to create this mesh, this standard that helps to connect people, processing and systems in a way that's intuitive and makes each piece work the best.
0: This makes so much sense to me. I mean, you guys are effectively building the corporate or the businesses the business's operating system. Because what you're talking about, you know, initially I was like, you know, how is this different from what Salesforce is trying to do? How is this different from what like you said, Zapier is, you know, doing? It's that you're almost software or systems agnostic. What you're building is the operating system. And, and immediately I thought of employees, you know, moving from company to company. It's like, oh, I'm not used to this software. It's like the onboarding process would be a lot quicker because now you have this, it's almost having like someone just sitting next to you, like guiding you every day through how this business operates and making your life easier. And, and that's the one thing that, customer success is a huge topic on, on how we solve along with, you know, processes and what you you guys really kind of tackle it all, which is really amazing.
1: Yeah. And, and again, going back to the core of it, the people that are in that kind of center, yeah. again, are operations people. Yeah. And so that's why we are so um, focused in that area is because they're the ones living and trying to solve these challenges yeah. day to day.
0: And right now, all we have are these, these, like text manuals, right? Or text documentation or documentation sitting in Confluence or Microsoft. Where the hell is this documentation sitting? And people have to read it and their checklists. And then there's people
1: paying people on Slack. And then there's reminders.
0: Reminders. (laughs) I was saying like there's a service called Process Street and it's just persistent checklists, which is like great. It's a great idea. But compared to Tonkin, it's so last decade. (laughs) (laughs) So I I do want to say there are there is a place
1: for things like Process Street, right? And I I kind of think about tools like Asana, Airtable along the same lines. There are a lot of coordination elements that are at the project level that is not yet a process. So a process and a project in my mind are different things. And so I, I yeah that's why I want to say like there are there is plenty of need for a project management set of capabilities. And at the end of the day, it is checklists, statuses, you know, people going in, having a project manager manage everything. But it's not at a place where it's repeatable. It's not an ongoing and living thing where it becomes a process. Once it becomes a process, then you do need to find efficiencies in it. Not everything it should is- be a checklist.
0: When it does become repeatable, I think that's where I'm seeing a lot of use cases for Process Street. Is for like customer success. Is for the operations people where it's repeatable things, but you have to rely. It's very reactive because you have to. I don't know if react is the right word, but you have to rely on your people to persistently check things off every single day, right? Versus having a smart agent, which is Tonkin, like help you make sure that you don't miss any steps. That's very proactive, and um, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like. Man, I thought persistent checklist was cool yesterday until today. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Anything else you want to, you want to add And any resources uh, or or books that you think uh, are helpful for listeners in this space?
1: One of the things I want to say is, you know, we are not just trying to build a product to help solve this operational challenge for companies. We're also building a community to bring operations, people together. It's called adaptive ops it's free and open for anybody to join um, that are either interested or in operations today. And the reason that we're doing this is because there hasn't been enough attention placed on operations, right? You and I, we went to Haas. When we could think back about our operations class, what did we learn? We learned supply chain, we learned queuing theory. There isn't any focus and attention being placed on how businesses operate, right? Mm How do you design the best process? How do you leverage technology in a way that makes people more efficient rather than trying to replace people where you only think about the business, right? All of these concepts, we want to engage in conversation with the community on. And we wanna try to pull together different operations teams from different functions and professionals to share. There's not enough sharing between somebody in sales and legal. And when you look at process concepts, they're the same. Regardless of whether it's sales or legal, you're just dealing with a different entity. In legal, you're dealing with a case or a matter. In sales, you're dealing with a lead or an opportunity, right? But at the end of the day, it's still a record an entity that you have to manage around. And those concepts should be shared across different functions. So that is one. I think when it comes to books, frankly, I haven't found a good one. <laughs> and that's the other challenge as well. There's a not enough uh, attention being placed in this area, and so we, we wanna galvanize a kind of more focus in, in the field of just business operations, and that's important.
0: Great, and what are um, some ways our listeners and you know business executives can reach out to you? What's the best method, is it LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, but also just send me an email. <laughs> I'm happy to chat with anybody as well. It's just brett at tonkin.com.
0: Thanks, Brett. It's been really, uh, really fun. Thanks, Sean. Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's taskdriv dot com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.